Hi everybody, you're listening to The Rope Podcast with Box and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you are not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. Rope bondage is a risky activity, and you shouldn't attempt it without first getting proper training. Listen to episode zero if you haven't already. Fox is a rigger, and Maya is a bottom. We are long-term rope partners who live in Bangkok, Thailand. We love to share our passion for rope with the wider community. This episode is made possible by our patrons who support us each month. If you would like to help, head to ropepodcast.com to see many options. This year, we want to focus on bringing the Rope Podcast to a wider audience. To achieve that, we would like to ask you to follow us on Instagram and reshare this episode in your Instagram stories. We are Rope Podcast on Instagram. Another thing that helps us is if you give us a star rating on Apple Podcasts. It's anonymous, so you won't have your name visible on the internet connected with a kinky podcast, don't worry. And now, going on with the show. Maya, today I'm excited because we are bringing back one of our favorite segments on the podcast, and that is Rope Focus. Ah, and what are we looking at today? Today, we are focusing on the mummy tie. Oh, hope so, it's not cursed. Yes, it, uh, it might be. I like uh, the mystical Egyptian vibe, you know? Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, Maya, you did go to Egypt, now that it's related to the mummy tie in any way, shape or form. <laughs> yeah, I've been about 10 times for work and pleasure, seen a lot of the sites, worked with lots of people there. Um, and it's a very intense country, I would say, with okay. amazing food okay. and incredible history that is relevant a little bit, maybe not that much. But okay, I, I would love to know if there's a rope scene in Egypt. So if any of our listeners uh, are from Cairo or anywhere else in Egypt, so that, please get in touch and tell us uh, if there's any uh, rope there. Definitely. All right. So this mummy tie then, tell us about that. Okay. So in terms of its uh, origin... There's quite a bit of mummification in uh, BDSM. It seems to be a reasonably common kink. And it's not always done with rope. We, I think, see it more often done with things like saran wrap, cling film, bondage tape, uh, bandages, if you yeah, really want to classic, go like, classic. Like classic, legit mummy. you got to have your uh, cloth bandage and your resin, right? I think that's how they used to do it. <laughs> resin, wow. Uh, that must feel weird, like sticking into your body hair and stuff mm. if you're adding the resin. But some people might like it for sure. Uh, I don't recommend doing the brain hook part. Ew. Yeah, I think um, it's more on the outside than the inside. Yeah. And body bags as well. Uh, yeah, body bags where you zip someone up in like a full body bag and completely uh, immobilize them. But, but we uh, do it with rope. We do do it with rope because this is the rope podcast, Maya. We do everything with rope. So what does it mean to do a mummification with rope? Essentially, it is wrapping as much of the body as possible with horizontal wraps. By horizontal, I mean perpendicular to the spine. Okay, good explanation. Are there any other um, features or aspects of the mummification tie that are important? Typically, I would place the arms of the person being tied alongside the body in a straightened position. That is to me the most mummy-like position. Mm -hmm. Although there's nothing wrong with doing it uh, 
differently that's what strikes your fancy in my experience of going to see the egyptian mummies mm -hmm. in cairo you can also have them uh, across the chest um, but i would say that's going to be less comfortable oh yeah like the the fingers touching the shoulders of the opposite side yeah, so oh, like I your elbows that. make two v's oh i love that aesthetically uh, so that's another possibility but it is more challenging in this kind of time Okay, and when you saw uh, mummies in the museums, were uh, any of them in a TK position with their arms behind their back? No, no mummies in a TK no position. A TK. I think the ancient Egyptian knew about nerve damage and uh, didn't want their people in the afterlife unable to hold cuts. Probably. It's unclear to me that at the point they're being mummified, nerve damage is an issue in that way, but you know. I mean, I'm no expert, but I think the whole point was that you would preserve your body to be able to use it in the afterlife and enjoy the afterlife, right? Yeah, yeah. So what else um, is important in this mummification tie? Because we've got horizontal wraps, we've got arms along the side of the body, or potentially with fingers touching the shoulders. Mm -hmm. um, but, but what else? I think typical characteristics of the mummification tie include a lot of rope covering mm. a big part of the surface of the body. If you have just a couple coils of rope on the body, I might struggle to call it a mummy tie. And also, I think it's probably typically a bondage that has a higher degree of immobilization. Probably can't move very much if you're in a mummy tie. You definitely would not be able to stand up and walk around, for instance. No, no. And the rope can look like bandages a bit, so it has a kind of aesthetic which feels like a mummy. Yeah, and we're going to discuss um, some trade-offs where you can have a more aesthetic mummy or a more structurally strong mummy, depending on what your goals are. Maya, you have been on the receiving end uh, of the mummy tie a few times. You've been a very cute little mummy. Can you share with us how it feels for you to be in it? Well, I'm going to start with immobilizing. Um, definitely, it's one of the ties where there's least movement possible, okay. um, depending on where the rope is. For me, um, I find it quite quieting, um, partly because of the face rope. For me, face rope uh, really has a strong effect on me. So if the mummy tie involves that, then I find a lot of quiet. But I think there's also something about um, no expectations because you can't move. Okay. So there's nothing required of you in a mummy tie. Okay, you can't do anything anyway. So it's not like you're doing something wrong or you're not doing something you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, there's no active bottoming really in a mummy tie, I think. Okay. Uh, what about the safety and risk aspects, Maya? What do you think we should be mindful of or careful of when we practice a mummy tie? Um, it's a lot of rope and the bottom is going to be motionless for a really long time. So I would advise if you're someone who gets cramps often, um, avoid it. That might be a, a, an issue for you. And if you're new to this kind of tie, maybe start with a, an immobilization that's quicker to get out of, like a body bag, something like that. Okay, because yeah. untying all of that rope is going to take a long time, right? A really long time, yeah. So make sure you have a cutting tool for emergencies. That's also important. Mm. Um, but it can feel a bit um, claustrophobic for some people. Uh, that The squeeze on the body can be quite intense. And obviously, by by definition, it's a bit coughing-y. Um, 
And so that has pros and cons. Like for me, I like it. But if you're someone who's claustrophobic, you might have panic attacks. It might uh, be uncomfortable or it might trigger trauma for some people. Okay. What, uh, what kind of trauma? Um, if you were shut in a cupboard as a young person, then... Ouch. Yeah. So think about your triggers and whether or not being immobilized completely is going to be triggering for you. Um, mm -hmm. And I would say it's not an early stage tie in terms of rope. Um, really make sure you've done quite a bit of rope to feel how it feels to be immobilized more gently, more slowly, um, and then try this once you've you've had a chance. When you say not an early stage tie, do you mean more in your overall bottoming experience in rope or with a given partner that you're currently playing with? I think overall in your experience, but if you, I mean, build trust. It's not something I would do as a first tie with a new person, for sure, because you need to have a lot of trust that they are capable with rope. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really want to share our love of rope to as many listeners as possible. And for that, we need your help. Please go to Instagram and follow our account Rope Podcast, then reshare this episode in your stories. Show your love of rope and help others discover it too. And Maya, we don't live in Egypt, but we live in Thailand, which is also a pretty warm country. Does that affect your mummy experience at all? For me, the mummification felt like almost a really heavy blanket covering the body. And it was really warm, or it has been really warm. Surprisingly so, actually. I've been surprised at how hot I felt in it. So you might want to adjust the room temperature. And probably as a top, you would want to monitor your bottom and make sure they weren't overheating. Managing your hydration, that's a tricky one because you should probably drink a bit before, but also you don't really want to need the bathroom halfway through the mummy tie. Okay, yeah, I can see that it's, uh, it's a balancing act a bit. Talking of a balancing act, are there risks and safety we need to consider if we suspend a mummy tie? It depends a lot on how we're going to structure our mummy tie. But definitely a concern I would have in the way I see mummies tied often is how much load is going to be on the arms. Uh, you and I, Maya, our risk profile currently does not really support a lot of load on the arms in suspension. And so when we do a suspended mummy, we have to think about that and make sure the majority of your body weight is not going to end up on the arms. So what do you do to make sure that doesn't happen? One thing we've been experimenting with, with some success, is tying our usual harnesses as structural elements and then putting the mummy wraps on top of that. So a layering type of technique. Yeah. Yeah, but be aware as well that when you suspend, gravity is going to change your tensions. So when you go into that, I do think your bottom might need to be a bit more aware than when they're just lying on the floor. Okay, so Maya, shall we talk a bit about some tips and tricks that we found useful in achieving the mummy tie? Absolutely. So what do you think? I think we have experimented quite a bit about positions in which to uh, tie our little mummy. And they all have different pros and cons from what we found out. Okay, so you have lying down, which would be a kind of the mummy position already in it. Mm -hmm. So what are the pros and cons of tying the mummy lying down? And that's the bottom lying down, not the top lying down, just to oh, be clear. I should try that. I lie down and you stand up and you spin around to wrap yourself in the rope while I'm having a nap. How about that? So the bottom lying down, tell me about that. 
one thing that's great with that is much less risk of falling because you're already on the floor. Yeah, I don't think there's a risk of falling. Even I, um, faller though I am, would struggle to fall mm. lying on the floor. The thing that is more difficult with the bottom lying on the floor is that to tie a mummy, you have to wrap all around the body repeatedly in the 360 degrees fashion. And if the person is flush with the floor, it's going to be really difficult to get under them. And if you have to lift a body part repeatedly, either the top lifting it or the bottom having to active bottom into lifting their body, it can be quite damaging to the flow of the scene. Especially if you're going for something more meditative and relaxing for the bottom. If they have to like thrust their hips up every 20 seconds, it might just not be great flow, basically. Okay, so do you have a tip or a trick that can uh, help with that? Uh, a little bit. One thing we found to be helpful is A, to tie on a harder surface. When we did it on a really soft bed, it was uh, kind of miserable in that way. And also to use something to prop up some key points of the body. For example, one thing under the hips, one thing under the head and shoulders, and one thing under the feet. And that is essentially going to create some little bridges. And then you can use the gap under those bridges to do your wraps. And for this, you can use things like yoga blocks or heart pillows or whatever equivalent item you have uh, lying around the house. All right. So that's when tying the mummy with the bottom lying down. Mm -hmm. What about tying a mummy with the bottom standing up? That seems strange. Well, that makes the wrapping around really easy. And uh, there's a million ways you can do it, depending on your arm wingspan as the top. And depending on the body size of your bottom, you might be able to just like wrap around them while staying in place. But the thing that's fun is even if you're really small and your bottom is comparatively much bigger, you can just hold the rope and kind of run around them in circles. And that's going to wrap them up as well. And that if you want to be a bit silly, in your scene, uh, that can be a very Looney Tunes uh, way of doing it, like you running around like... Uh, it might be a bit less neat. It could be, I mean, depends uh, Depends how you do it. But yeah, I can see it being a bit more chaos, but it can be a really good fun, I think, to do it that way as well. Depending on the feeling you're trying to evoke in your scene, of course. Uh, the thing that is not so good with the bottom standing up is the risk of falling. Because in a mummy tie, typically you are going to have your legs close together, mm -hmm. knee to knee, ankle to ankle, and your arms immobilized. And we know that the arms are a really important feature of the body in terms of balancing. Your brain and your central nervous system does a lot of balancing without you being aware of it. And one of the key tools it uses to do that is your arm position. So if your arms are immobilized, you lose an, a surprising amount of your ability to balance. Mm, and I think people forget that, you know, they think that if the legs aren't tied, the bottom can balance, but that really isn't true. Mm. Um, definitely not. Yeah, something to, uh, to be careful about for sure. So do we have a tip or a trick for helping with standing up? What do we think about this one? I've done a couple things. Uh, we have tried... Having an anchor, let's, so let's say tying a chest harness, tying that chest harness to the suspension frame, and that does reduce a bit the risk of falling for sure. Are there any downsides of that? Mm, I think depending on how the bottom is using that anchor and how much weight they're putting into it and so on, uh, it could 
affect the final tension in your rope. So that's maybe something to uh, to be careful about. And we did use a chest harness one time and I um, slipped a little bit and then all the wrapping that you've been doing for the last hour shifted. Yeah, so that was uh, a bit of a sadness moment for me, <laughs> but also a very good learning opportunity. Uh, another thing I did on another occasion is lean the person against a massage table. So they were standing up, but uh, basically their butt touching the, the edge of the massage table. And so they could balance against that. And even if they fell backward, they would have fallen onto the massage table, which is a lot less bad than falling on the floor. Okay. Um, but standing up isn't very relaxing for the bottom. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I can see that if you want to really chill out and relax all the muscles in your body, that's not going to be your position of choice. And it's quite hard to get into the position lying down afterwards. We we were surprised at how challenging it was to move from a standing up mummy to a lying down mummy. Yes, and I would also call that moment where you're moving the person's body from standing up to lying down. I would call that the most dangerous. Yeah, it's moment. high risk, very high and risk. And if you have people around, it would be a great idea to get some spotters for that uh, phase of your scene. Yeah, and also remember your tensions are going to change um, quite a lot, I found, when you move from standing up to lying down. Yeah, makes sense. Gravity again. Mm, totally. Then, Maya, there is a question of which type of tension we're going to use to make our mummy. You can make a mummy using forward tension and you can make your mummy using reverse tension. Okay, tell us about the differences. So if you're using forward tension, your mummy is going to be much faster to tie. Relatively speaking, it remains a very uh, long scene that takes a long time to tie, but it's like going to be half or a third of the time compared to using reverse tension because you're yeah, just basically going around and around and around and around without stopping and just extending when you finish one rope and you start the next one. The thing that is less good uh, about the forward tension is having a consistent tension in your rope is more difficult. And typically the structure you get at the end is gonna be less resilient. So if you wanted to suspend from the mummy itself, the forward tension is maybe not your best option. On the other hand, it really looks like a mummy a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then what about using reverse tension? So it's basically the opposite of what I just said, so <laughs> longer to tie, much more structural. And tell people what it means to have reverse tension. So in a reverse tension, typically you would have either a stem or you would catch each wrap into the previous wrap going the other way. So I would wrap clockwise one time, counterclockwise one time, clockwise one time, counterclockwise one time, uh, interweaving my wrap with the previous one. And that makes it really easy to manage your tension because you're essentially creating a friction of sorts in your rope at every wrap and you can really adjust it to be a similar tension to the previous wrap. Whereas in a forward tension, there's no such stopper. And so your tension can just run around freely mm. between the different wraps. But it takes a really, really long time to do the reverse tensions. Yes. And it has a lot of wraps and you're going to need a huge amount of rope. Yeah. If you're looking for a feeling of being really immobilized and a rope that's going to be really solid, and maybe the bottom wants to struggle against the rope a little bit, that's mm. part of their uh, interest in doing that scene, then the reverse tension is going to feel much more solid. But as you said, it's a hassle to tie. Okay. And it doesn't really look 
like a mummy from an aesthetic point of view. Maybe if you put the stem on the back. Yeah, that could be. Uh, that but then could it would be, be uncomfortable. Then you would uh, have something that looks like a mummy from one side at least. Mm. Another thing you could do if you're really crazy, and here in the Rogue Podcast we uh, we dare to explore where no one has gone before, is if you want to mix and match the qualities of the two, you can do an inner layer with reverse tension, Whoa. and then an outer layer with forward tension on top of that. But then everything we said before about the risks of taking a long time and the temperature problem and so on gets doubled. Mm. Um, I wanted to particularly share one of the challenges of this tie, which mm -hmm. is bones grinding on each other. So in particular, the inside of your knees and your ankles um, are likely to press tightly against each other. And it is, for me personally, crazy uncomfortable. Um, and in fact, the knees were the point of failure, let's say, like the point where at some point I couldn't take the tie anymore and it was the knees that were doing that. Mm. And would you like to share with our listeners the little adjustment we found to help with that? Yeah, we tried placing a foam or some soft fabric between the knees and between the ankles. It worked better with the ankles than the knees, but I think that's because the pressure is higher between the knees and so more fabric, more foam is required. And bear in mind that with suspension, this would be even more or is even more important. In fact, I think it was a suspension where I needed to come down because of the knees. Mm, the knees pushing into each other on yeah. the inside. And don't feel bad about doing this. You're, you're working on a person who's alive, not an actual mummy. And so putting some uh, fabric between them is, is not a failure or something that's a problem yeah and on, i think aesthetically it can work depending on the concept of your scene like you know like if you're really going for the whole uh, ancient egypt vibe you can have like your cotton that you're stuffing between the things <laughs> and stuff like like really going like you're the artisan uh doing the the whole uh, preparation of the body process so like you can also play with it i think mm, um, but it might not be even be seen honestly if you're wrapping over the top of it so yeah with dense wrapping you could definitely cover whatever's in there and then it would be completely invisible if you doing say a photo shoot or such mm. okay uh, I have found some things that make it easier on my body when I'm tying a mummy uh, one thing that actually worked surprisingly well for me was straddling the body of the person I was working on if they are lying down and then working with both arms uh, and like passing the rope from one hand to the other that really allowed me to uh, have a very comfortable uh, working position like that or as I alluded to earlier, uh, having the person standing in place and me rotating around them was also a good way to do it. Okay, okay, because it's a lot of repetitive action. Oh uh, yeah, the one time we did it on a, a soft bed and I was uh, kneeling on one side of your body and trying to get the rope around, I ended up like, with a hurting back and my shoulder not feeling great because I was extending quite far forward repeatedly. and. You know, in the mummification scene, you might do 200 reps. So it's a lot, a lot of repetition of that same movement over and over again. Mm -hmm. And as a bottom, I think you need to try and relax as much as possible because you're going to be in it for a really long time. So mm -hmm. if you go in tense, that tension is going to get worse as you go on. Maya, from a practical point of view, how can we use this mummy tie? What is it good for? What is it less good for? 
Well, the first thing is to remind people it is going to take a lot of time. So make sure that you have that prepped time before you go in and that is both to tie it and to untie it and then to do your aftercare so that's the first thing okay in terms of the person in robe is it a tie that works for everyone i don't think so like i said before the claustrophobia thing is a challenge for some people uh, i think it's something that bottoms who like being spacey being calm being meditative uh, sometimes even uh, sleepy The sensation and weight of a lot of rope is very compressive and it's really long-term bondage. So really think about if those are things that you enjoy before you got into the tie. Okay, makes sense. And what about tops? I would say it is important for a top interested in doing mummy ties to be patient because let's be honest, they take forever and they're very fussy <laughs> and you need to be someone who doesn't mind doing something repetitive. Like in your typical rope scene, you might have quite a bit of variety because let's say you're doing a chest harness, you're doing a basket, you're doing a futo, you're doing a gravity boot and you're doing different stuff all the time. The mummy tie is not like that. The mummy tie is basically you do one type of wrap for an hour and a half. So if that doesn't sound fun to you, that's maybe not the pattern you want to go for. And lastly, sorry for being very down to earth, but you need to own a lot of rope, either at, as the top or as the bottom if you're using the bottom's rope, or even if you both own rope, you might have to put your two kids together to get enough to achieve a full mummy. How many coils do you think people might use? Depends a lot on the body size and shape of the person you're tying, but when I'm doing you, Maya, I often use around 15 coils and you're not a very large person you're like four foot and a half right? i'm not four foot and a half i'm five foot one and three quarter inches I anyway don't think, i don't think we counting we absolutely inches. do um one thing that it does do really well is make beautiful rope marks you know it really does i think in terms of rope marks it might be my favorite tie because it covers so much of the body it's like basically you're a cute little zebra when you come out of it Or it's like you've got a full body tattoo, and I, I like both of those. But things. it's worth remembering, uh, on the flip side, this is an extremely noticeable set of rope marks. Mm -hmm. So think about if you're doing it um, at a party, what your outfit might be for leaving the venue. If you need to hide that, you need long sleeves. Um, yeah. And if you have face rope, think about that too. Yeah, otherwise, if you're going home on the train, you're going to get some funny looks. Yeah, so what is it less good for? Who is it less good for, the... Um, mummification tie definitely might not be my top choice if i am tying at a party because first of all it takes ages so by the time i finish that scene the party's over and everyone's gone home <laughs> and second of all from the outside uh, for the audience it might not be very exciting to just see the same thing over and over and over again Not really a performance tie. Not so much a performance tie. The result can be impressive. So more as an installation or like you wheel the person in already all done. That can look really cool. But the process of tying and untying is not very entertaining for the people who are outside the scene. For the people inside the scene, it might actually feel amazing. But for the people who are only getting the visuals and not the sensations, I think it's not a great one. Mm. And then we would be remiss because we're the rope podcast and we like sexy times if we did not mention the sexy implications of this tie. 
I will say it's probably not the best tie for intercourse. Um, because if you think about it, so in the position of keeping your body completely straight with your arms along your body is not one you typically use a lot in the bedroom. Uh, one thing that can be fun, though, is if you leave some parts of your bottom uh, peeking out through the wraps of the mummy, so to speak. And that is probably easiest if the bottom has outy bits, which tend to jut out more to begin with. And then you can have a person who's completely immobilized, um, quite objectified because their face might be completely hidden under the rope, but we've just say their nipples and their genitals protruding. And then you can have all kinds of fun with those sensitive bits. You can definitely do things like teasing, edging, genital torture, if that's something you're into. Like you see uh, mummy ties used with CBT quite a lot because it really uh, highlights the centerpiece, so to speak. And if you have a bottom with any bits, then you can wrap in a vibrator or a toy. So you can position that before you're doing the wrapping and then that does give you something to play with. But yes, not so much a tie for uh, intercourse. Yeah, the one way I could see intercourse working, and if I'm being honest, have used it successfully in similar positions, would be to put your mummy on their front, being careful that they can breathe, because breathing is important, and then uh, putting some kind of bolster pillow under their hips to raise the bum a bit, and then you could straddle their bum and uh, achieve penetration in that way. And it's not so much a mummy then, it's more a folded mummy. It's going to change the tension and you're not going to look like a mummy as much, but that would be the one way I could imagine mixing uh, intercourse with mummification play. Okay, so let's give people an idea of how you can use it. I think, Maya, you and I, we've definitely used it to give you a rope nap. You, it seems to be a tie in which you can easily fall asleep into quite a deep sleep and you seem to find it quite relaxing, right? I really do. Uh, when you're a bit stressed, it's a good way to calm you down. Yeah. We also did a suspension scene with the mummy. So can you maybe talk people through how we did that? Because that was a bit more complicated. We started from a standing position with this one. And we first tie the chest harness and a hips harness on you. And we anchored you to the frame from the chest. We did a bunch of mummy wraps. We lifted your hips as swiftly as possible to get you from vertical to horizontal. And once you were stable and supported horizontally, then I did some more reps. And I quite love the photo we arrived at in the end, where it really looks like you're very mummified and you have a ton of rope on your body, whilst also being in a full suspension. And all those things we talked about, uh, being in full suspension, are worth reminding of yourself of. So gravity is going to change things, and we particularly notice the arms. And suspension is going to put more pressure on the grindy bits, like your inner knees and um, ankles. So Maya, in conclusion, what do we need to remember about the mummy tie? The mummification tie is a pretty intense tie, and it uses a great deal of rope. It takes a bit of finessing to get the process right uh, for top, for bottom, and also the type of scene that you want to have. But the end result can be a great deal of fun, um, both in terms of feelings and aesthetics. Okay. So, dear listeners, if you have done mummification ties in the past, and maybe you do it in the same way we described today, maybe you do it 
in a different way or if you're interested in trying it, please uh, let us know in the comments. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying. <laughs>